This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone. It's Tuesday, which means it's game bet match time with me, Nigel Seeley, and senior tennis handicapper for Because We Win is Sean Calvert looking ahead to the ATP Tour events this week in Marseille, Rio de Janeiro, and in Qatar. Uh, Sean, uh, we had a bet uh, just now, a bit of a disappointment injury in the first game. When things <laughs> go bad, when things are rolling bad, they, they go really bad, don't they? Yeah, I said this a few weeks ago, didn't I? It always starts with someone losing three or four match points. And then you go, you just go from bad to worse from there. Several other match points, numerous other ones that are in strong positions and, and don't convert. And then today, Evans broke to love in the first game, then revealed to everybody that he had an ankle injury, got the trainer on, said he's had a dead leg or something. You know, when you're a player like Evans, you, you rely quite a lot on your movement. And that was most, well, some of the thinking of this this bet was the fact that it is often windy in Doha. Evans is a really nimble mover. Rusevori, not not so much, not really an all-court game, very much an out-and-out baseliner. But Evans can't, you know, Evans can't do it with a with an injury. Um, and there you go. That's 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 kind of how it's gone. But that said, uh it's they haven't, you know, I I rely on underdog winners or underdogs doing well. And there's only two underdogs have won so far out of the first 19 matches. So But is that is that is that something that, that, that... You may want That's, to change your strategy on. Is it something that you think, you know, say maybe, you know, you might, it's the gap between the top and the bottom. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that you want, you have to change your strategy, but mm. if, if you're, if you're someone who bets underdogs and the favorites to keep winning, is it something that you might look at and have a rebase or are you just happy to continue with the format that you've, you've used over the years? Well, it, it does happen in February. As I've said before, that the tournaments that most of the tournaments that are on at the minute, they run at about 31, 32. 33% underdog winners. Um, the, the one that is the exception to that is Rio, which normally has has quite a few more. And that's that's the only tournament so far that's had any underdog winners. And there's only two There's only two of those, both in Rio, one of which was a qualifier, uh, which we couldn't have had anyway because he obviously wasn't in the draw when we did the show. And the other one was one I mentioned, Montero against team. You, you could you could change your strategy and start backing favourites, but there's no... There's no real reason why they should all be winning it just it just tends to happen a lot in february mm. I, i'm not exactly sure why to be honest um as i said before all you can do is be more selective on your bets just have fewer and 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 uh, smaller smaller stakes that's that's all you can do at this time of year. It's, it's a horrible time of year it, it was last year and it has been so far this year now you still made profit last year very substantial profit as well so don't worry yeah, about too, too exactly, much i mean yeah. one thing that i ever you know I, i've really sort of cut back a lot on my my tennis betting now you know i listen to you and, and bet the few things that you do that's why uh, mrs Seeley's not going on a five-star holiday that's why you're skinned she's going on a two-star <laughs> holiday shit um the uh the, we're not going back to the same hotel we went in dubai we're going to the cheaper one down the road this year but anyway uh that enough of that there's nothing to do with that sure the um I, I my 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 strategy was always to, if there was a game that was sort of i made about 50 50 
or I made, uh, and it was sort of like minus 120 plus 110 or something like that, I'd bet the plus 110 or the even money shot who I felt should have been the marginal favourite. So I concentrated on all the games that were around about uh, even money to pair. And that's how I sort of, when, when I was a, a bookmaker and I was a trader for, for doing tennis full time, I used to find two or three games where the line had one person favorite at minus 110 and I made the other guy favorite at minus 110 and tried to get the money on those three games. And more often than not, I got them right. Uh, and that was sort of my strategy. Uh, just, just trying to find 50. Like the Evans games. one. The Evans yeah. was, a, was, a, was a good example of one. That, of was those, my but... kind, that was my kind of bet. So just looking for but those kind of just... things. But it would never, it would never, it would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't always be the underdog. It could be the favourite. Sometimes it was like minus one ten. You know, I thought it could be mm. minus one, but it was always those kind of games. That's how I, I sort of done it. I had much more success as a bookmaker than a better. I must admit, as a bookmaker, we made a lot of money back in the day. But as as a better, I didn't have the banks. I keep doing it, and uh, I used to win some and lose some, and then give up and miss the winners and bet the losers. Anyway, that's enough about history. It's about now, uh, and now currently is the ATP Tour event in Marseille. It's uh, Sean will be in attendance in the south of France tomorrow. Get a nice mm-hmm. flight across from uh, London into the south of France. We'll be there tomorrow evening. So when we come back on Thursday, we'll hear from Sean in Marseille. Uh, we spoke about the outright markets um, on Monday, but here is the updated outright markets. Uh, Yannick Sinner's the favourite, plus 150. Herbert Hercas, we said, has got a very nice draw, plus 400. Alex Diminoir, plus 550. Grigor Dimitrov, plus 600. Maxine Cressy, 1100. Stan Berinka at 1600. There's a usual candidates there. Bublik won through yesterday. Your pick, Bonzi, uh, won through quite easily, plus 2000. David Goffin, plus 2200. Ricard Gasquet, plus 2500. I don't expect nothing's really changed from what you've seen in the opening games. I would expect that uh, you're quite happy with your Bonzi position. Um, I don't think really is it is it much to add to that that outright market apart from uh, anybody who missed it on Monday, who your pick is? Yeah, it's it's not a lot to change, is it? I mean, it's all about how fit and healthy um, Yannick Sinner is this week, isn't it? Really, I mean, he's a very short price favourite, uh, rightly so, on the basis of the level that he showed in Rotterdam last week. The question is, can he reproduce it for a third week in a row? Maybe, maybe not. If he can't, then I'm very happy with my position on Bonzi. He, he had a tricky test in in the first round yesterday. Came through it. Uh, Van Ash doesn't really have the doesn't really have the power, the, the weaponry just yet. He looks a very good talent, but he just hasn't quite got the weaponry to to beat someone like a Bonzi at this this sort of stage of his career. But yeah, that that's quite you know now that Bonzi's through that first round, um, he's probably going to play a, a fatigued Cressy. Uh, I did mention the Cressy Blancano match. I said I was not sold on Cressy's price. That's at the minute, that's one set all. So Cressy again has gone three sets. So um, Bonzi will be pretty pleased with that, assuming that Cressy comes through. He'll have a sort of jaded Cressy, but not a lot to add on the outright market, to be honest, mate, no. I don't think it's really changed that much. Bonzi, you know, 2,200, quietly impressive. Runs into opponent as jaded, plus 2,000, probably still some value, uh, plus 2,000. If you never got the price, yeah. if you never watched the yeah. show on Monday, so make sure you watch the show probably... Benjamin Bonzi is our is Sean's pick here at plus two thousand. He's definitely going to be motivated, isn't he? He's from Marseille. He lives in Mar- well, it's not from Marseille, but he lives in Marseille. Mar- big Marseille fan of the soccer, and uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be hundred percent focused on this tournament for sure. Yeah, there's two matches, selected matches in Marseille that you want to talk about for tomorrow. Uh, the first one is the Yima brother, Mikhail Yima against Radu Albert. Uh, Artur Fields against Roman Safelin. Um 
Give us your thoughts on these I'm two not, games that you'd like to talk about. I'm not about. sure I put those down as ones to talk about. Oh, did you? I think, I th- I think oh, the graphic man. Oh, well, these, these must have been the two games that we left over. From I think they're the on. only ones that are as yet to go in play. I think, oh, that's, okay. I think that's why that is. And you you mentioned, we, we talked actually about the Arthur Feast match and against Safraland the other day, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, you, you were talking about how impressed you were with, with Arthur Feast. Um, when Beckham at minus 152 though he, I no, think he was minus one place. I think he was minus 132 on Monday so there's definitely been money for the young Frenchman if you didn't if you didn't watch Monday's show again where were you but uh, Arthur Thiels is a, a young 18 year old uh, French player who's won his last two challenger events and his main tour event in Montpellier he reached the quarterfinals where he ran oh, was it semifinals he ran into Yannick Sinner played yeah, exceptionally Sinner, yeah. well in the first set one seven five a real talent Sean will be able to watch him firsthand and tell you all about him tomorrow. Yeah, looking plays, forward to that. He plays Roman Safalin, um, who did well here in this tournament last year, but um, Arthur Fields was my pick or one of my suggested picks. But at minus 152, the money has certainly come for him. Up, up at that line, I wouldn't play, but uh, I did recommend maybe have a small bet on Arthur Fields to win 2-0. So hopefully, Sean, you'll bring us some uh, information about the young Frenchman and we can bet him in other tournaments. Uh, talking of other yeah. tournaments, we didn't look at the outright market on Monday in Rio. It's the clay court event in Rio. Um, surprisingly, you know, when you think about it, this is you know, the event in Marseille, we've got the event in Doha, but this is an ATP Tour 500 event. This is the biggest event of the week. Um, not the most interesting from a betting perspective, but certainly on the, the outright market. But these are the outrights. I mean, you didn't give us a pick uh, from the outrights, but I know you've got some kind of lean here. And here we have, we have uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who announced his return back from injury of a win last week in Argentina as the favourite of minus 155. Cam Norrie is plus 650. I quite like a bet with, with featuring Cam Norrie, which we'll come on to in a minute. Sebastian Bayes is plus 1,100. Francisco Serendula plus 1,600. Nicholas Jarry, who beat uh, Mazzetti yesterday, is plus 2,000. Uh, Deline plus 2,500. Albert ramos Vinolas. Older than myself and Sean, he's plus 2,500. Juan Manuel uh the younger Serendulo brother, at plus 2,500. Pedro Martinez, also the same price. And Laszlo Jerry, also plus 2,500. We didn't speak about the tournament. Give us a little mm. bit about this tournament. And you do have an outright pick. I do. Um, I took it this morning, actually, but the value is already gone. He's half the price now that he was this morning. Um, so... It's going to be difficult for me to recommend him at the current price. But well, I've taken Nicholas Jarry here. Um, at four, I took him at 40 to 1 uh, each way this morning when the prices came out for the qualifiers. We couldn't talk about this on Sunday because nobody had priced it up. They were waiting for Alcaraz and Norrie to finish in Buenos Aires, weren't they? And it, it, the price didn't really come out properly till Monday morning. Um, conditions are usually um, hot and humid. But they, they tend to be different than Buenos Aires. They use different balls. Um, it it's, tends to be a bit higher bouncing here in Rio. It's it's just a, a different tournament's got a different feel to it. Um, different, as I say, different weather conditions. Normally, it's normally the humidity that gets you in in Rio. It can be very very humid there this time of year. Um, there's a lot of thunderstorms in the forecast for this week, so that's kind of typical of the weather that you normally get in this particular week in Rio. The interesting thing, I think, from an outright point of view here, is that nobody yet has won Buenos Aires and Rio back to back. Um, it's Rio's actually only been going since 2014, so it's not been going that long. But nobody's managed to win the two tournaments, you know, one week after the other. Uh, Schwartzman's the only one, Diego Schwartzman's the only one that's made the Buenos Aires final and the Rio final, but he didn't win. I don't think he won either of them. He didn't, he certainly didn't win Rio. Um, 
So that's that's what makes makes it interesting. If you're thinking of taking on Carlos Alcaraz, who obviously hasn't played for a long time until last week in Buenos Aires, then he's gone and won Buenos Aires. You've got to wonder how fit he's going to be. You know, history tells us that no one's managed to do the two. So I wouldn't be too keen on backing Alcaraz at odds on. I mean, he, he probably will win this tournament you know, in terms of talent, in terms of ability, in terms of clay court statistics. You would expect him to win it, but he'll have to do something that nobody else has done if he is going to do it. And I took Jerry purely because he's he's been he's been amazing actually, Jerry. This this past three games, two matches in qualifying and one in the first round. It's not drop serve yet on clay, and it's it's not particularly quick clay. It's not altitude. It's it's kind of a box standard sea level clay court uh, tournament. One hundred percent holds the serve, and that's against Massetti, uh, Serendolo, I think was the other one, wasn't it? And uh, Ugo Carabelli. So he's played three very very good clay courts, and he's not drop serving any of those matches. Now he's favourite, admittedly too short for me, against uh, Pedro Martinez in the next round. I'm not surprised that that price is halved. I looked at it 40 to 1 this morning and I thought that's that's too big just on the form that he's in. He's just in absolutely hot form. He was too good for Mercetti. You know, Mercetti wasn't that bad, but he, he, he was nowhere near Jerry um, last night. So, yeah, I took the 40 to 1. It's questionable value at, uh, at 20s, to be honest, but uh, that's the play that I've made. We speak a lot on this show about betting futures um, when players are doing well on certain courts, you know, clay courts do well. We've talked looking for them into the French Open. We've mentioned Yannick Sinner potentially as a player who is someone you want to be looking at already for, for majors in his performances. Maybe not so much after the way that Medvedev beat him in the final last week. But uh, it's quite funny. I had a text message from someone who said, you know, I'll watch a game bet match. I watch your shows. You know, a lot of tennis tipsters are putting this up. Uh, do you think that Alcaraz is a certainty to win the French Open? I think it was plus one seventy five, and I said to the guy, "Are you mad? I plus one seventy five for Alcaraz to win the French Open? I, I mean, if anybody is contemplating taking that price, or any tip store or handicapper on Twitter is telling you to take that price, he could win it." But it is the most ludicrous price I think I've ever seen. He's had problems with injury. He's coming back from injury. I said to the guy, I could have got to the semi-finals of the tournament he just won last week in Argentina. Uh, I mean, if he, about that. If, Let's not go mad. Well, say for example, Alcaraz. <laughs> say you say you take Alcaraz at plus one seven five, and Nadal shows some kind of form, and they meet in the quarterfinals and semi-finals. What price is Alcaraz going to be against Nadal or semi? If Nadal gets to the semi-finals, there is a case to make that Nadal could still be favourite against Alcaraz if he shows some kind of form. If he plays Djokovic, long way the... to go to learn as well, isn't it? It's, it's it, anybody contemplating taking plus one seventy-five Carlos Alcaraz to win the French Open now is lunacy, in my opinion, mm. complete and utter lunacy. You, you agree, oh, Sean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not my sort of bet, anyway, as you know. But I mean, if I'm betting futures, I'm looking at players who are, whose price is likely to contract. Rather than go out, yeah. you probably get a bigger price than that when it comes to the start of uh, Paris. He'll probably be bigger than that. I'd be surprised if he's if he's that sort of same price. What with Djokovic and and Nadal, you know, in the field, it's he's going to have to play one heck of a clay court season to justify that sort of price. Come come the start of Roland Garros, for sure. Yeah, for sure, he's the man to beat, and for sure, the man he's. Uh... He's come back with an absolute bang, but I think the market is massively overrated to overreacted to Carlos Alcaraz's price to win the French Open. And uh, you know, we talk so much about betting people, but we like to bet people at sixty-six to one who are going to be twenty-five to one. We like to bet people at forty mm. to one who are going to be twenty to one. We like to bet, you know, we, we were talking about people like Casper Ruud and the win the French Open and Runa and things like that at decent prices. And 
anyone betting Carlos Alcaraz now, keep your money firmly in your pocket. That's my advice for you. There is a final tournament. Uh, the play is going on currently in Doha, in Qatar. Um, we ha- oh, sorry, before we go on to that, I, I was going to say my bet. Um, I want to yep. oppose Cam Norrie today. Uh, this might this might not be out in time. It's two thirty p.m. this afternoon, Eastern time, which is seven thirty. So hopefully this will be out in time. I think uh, Seven Dude was a bet here at, at two dollars. I, I think I did I consider think, it myself. I must admit, um, I, I think it's too big, and I love the three and a half. I love the three and a half start at minus one hundred five. Seven Dude was obviously your pick last week. Didn't play too bad at all. Well, the week oh, before, yeah. sorry, yeah, cool and, be, yeah, yeah, and and he must be. Absolutely exhausted, Norrie. Well, not exhausted, but he must be knackered. His, his body language mustn't be great after the final. And we know that players coming back after making finals, if they win the tournament or even get to the final, they're they're, they're a little bit jaded. And uh, I think Norrie's a fade today. Plus one ninety five, Serendulu. I think is a decent bet. One Manuel Serendulu plus one ninety five, and I love the plus three and a half start at minus one hundred five. I'm glad you. I'm glad you agreed with me on that. I think the thing is with this, it, it, as I, it comes back to what I said a minute ago, it is not easy to go from Buenos Aires to Rio. It's very different conditions, as I said. And these guys, in particular, Norrie and Alcaraz, they've had very little time to prepare. You know, they were playing a final in Buenos Aires on Sunday. Now they're playing a the first round Rio on Tuesday. That that would be the key thing, I think, to think about here. I mean, Serendolo lost in qualifying to, to the very impressive Jerry, didn't he? He got back in as a, a lucky loser, I think. Um, but as far as Norris concerned, yeah, I mean, he didn't start Buenos Aires particularly well. He, he really did struggle in the first couple of matches in in, uh, in Buenos Aires. It could be the case that, that that he's now found his clay shoes, but that, I think that turnaround is 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 very very quick, and it, I certainly will be back in Norris at that price. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely a fade for me. Get with Serendulu something. That game is two thirty this afternoon Eastern time, so. Hopefully, you've got a couple of hours or an hour or so to get your wages on that game. Uh, the final tournament we're going to look about is Doha. We did mention there just before I spoke about the Serendulu match. The play is in action now, so there isn't any uh, future bets. We've got a future bet in this tournament, which uh, is Batista Gut at 16 yep. to 1. He's obviously been bet already. He's down to about 12 to 1 now with Bet mm-hmm. Rivers. Muddy has come for Batista Gut. He's the defending champion. We can't look at the outright market, but there are two games. And I, I know you want to talk about these. When I, I put two games on that you didn't want to talk about, but I know you, <laughs> you do want to talk about these ones. Uh, the yep. first game is a man you've opposed a couple of times uh, last week, Alexander Zverev, a uh, very heavy favourite against Andy Murray who came through against Sanego in the first round. Minus 167 for Zverev, uh, Andy Murray, plus 133. And Felix Auger-Aliassim, uh, playing a lot of tennis at the moment, Felix. Minus 560 up against Jason Kubler, who comes through the first round with a win over Karatsev, uh, a game where Karatsev uh, retired after the opening set. Um, big serving Kubler. What do you like here? I like the over two and a half sets in Zverev and Murray. Um, I mean... When does Murray ever ever do anything easily? I've looked at the the results that Murray's had because I was I, I don't remember the last time he played a match in straight sets. Um, he's won three of his last twenty two matches in straight sets, Murray. So every other one, he's either lost or he's gone to he's gone to a, a decider or or four sets if it's a Grand Slam. Um, none of he hasn't won any of his last ten matches in straight sets, Murray. Um, and Zverev, since his injury, has only won two of his eight matches in straight sets. Now, the, the stat, you can tell why Murray's struggling. I've looked at his, his numbers. In the last 10 matches, his service points won and return points won total is only 97, which isn't great. Zverev's is only 99. 
which is a very, very similar, obviously very similar number. And going back slightly further on Murray, uh, last 12 months on on hard courts, all hard courts, that is, not Davis Cup, his service points, winner return points, when it's still 99, it's, he just, he's just not the player he was in, in terms of his, well, in terms of his results, obviously, and in terms of his statistics. Zverev also had a bit of a neck injury in Rotterdam. Um, I just think at this early stage of the Zverev comeback, it's it's hard to see him winning in straight sets against Murray, who's played a very tough three-setter, I had to say, match points yesterday, as he always does, Murray, doesn't he, these days? Always seems to be a final set tiebreak, doesn't it, in Murray matches these days? I just think over two and a half sets at two, uh, 2.32 plus 132 of Bet Rivers is a, is a cracking bet here on the basis that Murray very rarely plays a match that finishes in straight sets. And Zverev is very patchy at the moment, having come back from that that horrible injury. So happy to take over two and a half sets in that one. Uh, two and a half sets, was it plus 132? Yeah. Plus 132, a nice price for that. Nice one. And uh, Felix, one? Yeah, Felix, very heavy favourite, minus 560. I did say he's played an awful lot of tennis. <sighs> and uh, motivation might be uh, questionable for Felix in these, this tournament like this. There's a few negatives. The main one for me is the fact that his outdoor hard outdoor hardcore data isn't isn't great. It's barely any better than um, than that of Kubler over the last twelve months. Uh, Kubler's win rate is fifty four percent. Felix's is fifty six percent. In terms of service points, one return points, one totals. Felix is slightly ahead, just by about two and a half percent. But he's actually behind in terms of service hold and break totals. Uh, Kubler's on 103.4 Felix is on 100 these are very mediocre numbers for a, for a favourite about 1.18 very very mediocre numbers Kubler beat him in, on grass didn't he in um, in Newport wasn't wasn't even that long ago seven, mo- seven months ago and in a very similar situation to this where Kubler had had a first round coming in Felix was coming in cold uh, Kubler beat him in, in, uh, in three sets in the end in that one um, the other thing to, to bear in mind is that Felix has never played this tournament before and he's coming from an indoor hardcore environment. Now he's coming into this peculiar environment environment in Doha, where it's quite sunny, can be quite sort of lively during the day, but much, much colder and slower at night. And a lot of wind. Never played it before. Gubbler's already played a match here, as you said, uh, already. So I've taken the um, the plus four and a half game uh, start here on uh, on Gubbler at, um, at plus money, plus 105 with at Rivers. And obviously, a big serve. Very. I, I always mention it, but I always love when you get a big server and you can take the, a nice four and a half or five and a half game. You get very rare in fast conditions. The big server is going to get lose a set six two, six three. It's usually six four, seven five, seven six. And if you're getting four and a half or five and a half, that's that's what you want. Me or you're obviously wanting to win, but you, you know you. Yeah. Want to he's held more he often than Felix in the, yeah. on hard courts in the last twelve months. Actually, held serve more. I wouldn't say he was a particularly huge server cobbler, but he's. He's he's a very consistent player, and, and Felix hasn't been consistent. I was really disappointed with him in Rotterdam. He played a really weird tactical match against Medvedev, almost exclusively serving and volleying the first set. I don't know why he came up with that idea. Very strange uh, decision. Um, just way too short on his hard court stats. As you mentioned the other day, he's, he's, most of his good work recently has come on indoor hard. Mm. Outdoor hard, his stats are not good enough by any means to, to justify this sort of prize. Felix is a player that many people have spoken about as a potential Grand Slam winner. Um, obviously, last season, he ended the season really well with two tournament wins and then a, a semi-final performance in Paris where he just run out of legs. Mm. Do you see him having a breakthrough year this year or do you think, or, or, or any year, what do you think about <laughs> Felix as a potential Grand Slam winner? Well, I backed him at 50-1 to one for the US Open last year after he played so well in Melbourne. 
He, he didn't do anything at all in in the other Grand Slams. He doesn't have a great record in the Slams. I'm just not sure about him mentally. He's he's one of two that we mentioned right at the start of the season. If you remember, we were talking mm. about players ending the season well and not necessarily starting the next season on the same footing. And that's exactly what's happened. These are the two I mentioned. I mentioned. Well, I bet Rude. him. I bet him. Didn't I first tournament? You told, told me. You. you told me not to. <laughs> It's Arun and Felix are the two that I mentioned, and, and they've both struggled, haven't they, so far this mm. season? I know Arun's had a slight injury problem, but he, he wasn't playing particularly well. They certainly haven't started this season the way they ended last season. I think that's the point, isn't it? Um, do I see him as a potential Grand Slam winner? Yeah, possibly. I, I wouldn't take short price. That's why I took that 50-1. to 1. I think he started that US Open about half the price that I took him at, which is what we're looking for. But he, he again, he just didn't really show up in a major... He hasn't he hasn't convinced, has he? Um no. in the really, really big matches against the really big players when it really, really counts. That for me is still a, a big question mark as far as Felix is concerned. So there you have it. Two bets from Sean in the ATP Doha event tomorrow. Alexander Zverev and Andy Murray over two and a half sets at plus one thirty-two, and Jason Kubler plus four and a half games against Felix Auger Aliasim at plus one zero five. Uh, we're back tomorrow on Game Bet Match. We're joined by James Blake to look at the week. We'll probably look at Igor Shrontek, her performance. Uh, she won last week so impressively in, in uh, Qatar. And we'll look ahead to El Carlos Alcaraz as well. Looking from a playing perspective, I'm going to ask him the same questions about Carlos Alcaraz. What, what's he expect from Carlos Alcaraz this year? So James will give a player's perspective tomorrow here on Game Bet Match. Sean, have a very safe flight to Marseille tomorrow. Thank you. And we will join you on Thursday evening. Uh, you'll probably look at the matches, give us some updates, give us some news from the south of France. There are three ways where you can uh, keep in touch with everything across the Bet Rivers network and here on Because We Win on Game Bet Match. You can download us on whichever podcast provider you prefer at Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. Just search that in your podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, at Because We Win, which is the uh, handicapping, uh, all the handicappers share that Twitter handle. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Bet Rivers Network, and that will give you a bleep and alert every time any new content is available. Uh, Sean, like I say, safe journey. Uh, don't worry about it. The, we'll turn around, the fortunes will turn, and uh, we'll have some information. We'll have some more picks in the south of France. Uh, find a nice Shabley. Find a nice, let's have a nice glass of Shabley. Nice Relax try. and give us some winners on the tennis next week. Not asking much, but that'll do no. for starters. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.